Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hayden with the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Man, it has been way too long since the last podcast episode. I have to apologize for that. Kind of get into that in terms of why it's been so long. Let's start talking about that almost immediately. But I was under the weather for quite some time. So um, thankfully, I'm on the mend. I'm, I'm, I'm heading out of the out of the illness. So um, we're back with uh, this is episode 79 of the show. Um, this is a little bit of a long one, but we have some really good stuff in here. On the back end of this episode, we talk um, extensively about a low-carb and ketogenic diet. Now, neither of us are really experts related to to the diet specifically, but um, I had a question from um, someone who's following along on social media just about some of the posts that I've been making. I was participating and helping with some research related to low carb and ketogenic diet. So if that interests you at all, or you have questions about it, definitely want to listen to the entirety of this episode because on the back end, probably 10, 15 solid minutes, we start talking about what that means, what it looks like with training, how you fuel for it, what it might do to your stomach, a little bit of everything. Um, also a big part of this episode, we give some, some athlete shout outs to people in victory, um, some other Hill Pursuit athletes, but some really awesome things are happening. Um, of course, we catch up with Ken. Ken's in, you know, the the tough stuff related to his 140.6 prep. So we really dive into what is what's going on with Ken. A little bit of congratulations to issue for to Ken as well. Um, I'm not going to give that away, but make sure that you're listening closely. Some really cool stuff happening for Ken. But yeah, talk a little bit about some race stuff for me, how that's been going. Um just talk a little bit about the sickness and and just kind of clarify what's been going on training I've been doing or not been doing. Um, but again, the big part of today is uh, what episode was really just touching on a little bit of everything and catching up. And again, if you're following on social media, thank you for doing that. And you can find us anywhere, uh, Facebook, Instagram at Hill Pursuit and brand new. We actually have the, uh, the Twitter or the, uh, the X account, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what the kids are calling it, but I think it's X now. So that's just at Hill Pursuit as well. So find us there. And then of course, if you do have questions after listening to today's episode, or you just want to reach out, say hi, start a conversation, find us at Hill Pursuit uh, at gmail.com. We'd love to have a conversation. All of our stuff, all of our contact info, blogs, other podcasts, all at the website hillpursuit.com. So please find us there. Today's episode is with um, Ken Rogers, one of our nutrition coaches. His contact info will be posted in the show notes. He gives it at the back end of the episode as well. So if you have anything for him, please don't hesitate to reach out. This is episode 79 of the Hill Pursuit podcast. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. doing good how are you doing getting over that sickness huh oh yeah dude i got i got too many things to update right now but yeah it's been uh it's been way too long man so i'm glad we finally found time i was looking back i think this is episode 79 i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure it is (laughs) i was looking back dude i think the last episode we did was like a post ohio 
uh like a recap episode potentially yeah yeah that was the end of july it is now so september this will, yeah this will be released on uh the 13th wednesday september 13th we're recording on uh tuesday night but dang dude we missed like five maybe six weeks and it's just been <laughs> there's re- there's some reasons for some of it but um man it's just I don't even know exactly how it happened, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I was, I'm still coughing. I feel like I was sick for like almost three consecutive weeks at one point in there and then starting school back up and couldn't really sync up with you two to to, you or Mitch to really get it in. But I don't know. We're here now though, dude. So I'm glad we're at least here. Let's, uh, I want to hear how things are going for you first. Tell me how your training's going. Oh, so, dude, yeah, it's going just, good. Just give give us a little refresher here. What you're training for? It's coming up pretty soon. Give us a little. Uh, just just give us an update. Uh, training for the Kaiser Permanente uh, full Ironman 140.6 <laughs> in Sacramento, California, on October 22nd. Everything's feeling good, man. Uh, legs are finally responding like they should. Swimming is becoming tolerable. <laughs> uh, definitely getting way better. Um, what else? I'm doing a lot more recon stuff with basically the entire course, uh, whether yeah, it's yeah. swim, the bike, or the run. Um, looked over a lot. Uh, I mean, there's not really a lot to go over when it comes to the course itself. I mean, I think I told you this, but I watched the whole virtual tour. And then I even tried doing a lot of other research too. But I think you can only like bike about half of the course, I guess, because like the other half is like throughout the city and like other parts that are a little okay. bit more uh, sketchy, I guess, to ride on. Um, but it seems very flat. Um, I can't remember the exact elevation gain off the top of my head, but it's going to be going to be a pretty flat bike ride, especially in comparison to uh, all those victory guys over in France yeah. this yeah, previous really. weekend, which I was seeing. Yeah. Um, which, yeah shout out to those guys. Yeah, all um, no, right. <laughs> Ryan and Brian, I mean, just awesome performances. I mean, dude, we had even more. Like, just real quick, sorry to interrupt yeah. your train of thought, but oh, you good? Um, that was pretty sick to just kind of track those those guys. And even before then, there was seventy point three World Championships. We had a few people there from Victory. Um, I mean, you know, Kate. Obviously, we've both worked with Kate, so Kate was there, which was awesome. Candice was there. Um, Coach Scott was there. Um, another victory athlete, Annie, was there. I mean, it was just – we had some crazy representation at some really, really big races. I have a couple other shouts I want to give, too. But to all yeah. those world championship people, I mean, just – I mean, <laughs> it's it, – it, I'm literally, like, sitting here mumbling and stumbling through words because it's just – it almost leaves me speechless to the point that, I mean – just to get there is incredible. And then everybody raced so well and strong and, you know, of course represented victory, but also themselves really, really well. And just awesome part of everybody's journey. So congrats to everybody who did that. But um, anyways, continue. I'm glad we got that in, but yeah, go ahead. Continue. Uh, Yeah. We're about, what is it? Four and a half, five weeks out from the race yeah, itself. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've gotten in some slight, uh, open water swimming, which has been cool. Um, what else? Found some road road rides in. California's pretty pretty, dude. But like, let me tell you, man. Like, 
riding bicycles here, I'm sure it's like this all over the country, but like it is not safe in certain parts of California, man. Because yeah. I don't know if you've heard the, heard the stereotype here, but like people like legit do not know how to drive. So like I've tried getting out on most weekends, especially on like the long ride days to get outside and just honestly not be on my trainer. But like to drive out somewhere for about 45 minutes to an hour to get out of like the city and then try and find like an actual like trail through like all trails or some other app. It's a little bit of a hassle, but uh, I've managed so far and uh, things are going good. Nice, dude. What are yeah. you um, What are you most excited about and most nervous about? Most excited about? Uh, I'd actually say both. Uh, they're going to be the same thing. It's going to be the swim. <laughs> okay. So I right. am most excited for the swim for a lot of reasons, which is is by far the most uncomfortable that I'm going to be out of all three events. Um, and the reason why I'm excited for it is because obviously I think for most people that are trying to do any type of triathlon, they're trying to challenge themselves. Right. I'm not by any means saying obviously that a freaking marathon and 112 mile bike ride is going to be easy, but like, I can just imagine myself already like visualizing getting out of the water and then just this huge sigh of relief yeah. just rushing over me. Um, just because, yeah, dude, it's just like, it's a whole new mod modality of fitness for me. I know I've mentioned that before on a previous podcast, but like, it's just scary, dude. Like, I'm not afraid to admit it. This is the first time physically that I've been afraid to do something. Like even the pull-ups, like I wasn't afraid to do, but like, this is like the first thing where I'm like, this is like keeping yeah. me up a little bit, like making me want to do like, I won't lie to you. I've done a couple extra swim workouts out of uh, pure paranoia on my own. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, not, yeah, uh, so. it's not abnormal at all. I guess just <laughs> speaking of that real quick, great segue. You didn't even try it, but um, had an athlete, a victory athlete who um, raced Atlantic City 70.3 this past weekend. Uh, so a little shout out to Dave Capitano. Um, the dude uh, DNF that muscle man because he couldn't, he couldn't meet the swim cut. And not just that there's, you know, there's much more to, his journey than just the DNF, which by the way, I'll say can happen to anybody. Um, literally any skill level, um, any years of experience, you can get anxious in the water. You can get 10 flat tires. You can, you know, crash your bike and break a bone. I mean, it can literally, it can happen to anybody. So his very first 70.3, now I'll make this quick because, you know, we have to catch up on a lot of stuff. But very first 70.3, didn't make the swim cut. They pulled him out of the water with like 100 meters, 200 meters to go. Didn't even let him finish. Didn't even let him swim in. So, and again, it's not just that. He's, he goes right to, he goes right to the world through social media and just starts sharing his journey and just starts sharing how that made him feel and like his determination with, getting it done and crossing not just the swim finish, but the entire 70.3 finish line. <clears throat> and I, I brought, I, I bring this up because he's like you in the sense that uh, he puts in some extra swim sessions, you know, that are not in, that are not programmed, but that are absolutely approved if he feels the need, of course. So um, he's been in open water. It's hard for me to even count how many days a week. I mean, it's, it seems like it's between five and six days a week. He's getting in the open water 
probably not quite that, but I mean, he's in there a lot. So he's been working very, very hard. And of course he's very deserving of getting the finish. Atlantic city happens this weekend and the cuts, the swim cuts an hour 10 and I'm just like watching and it's like 45 minutes, 48 minutes, 50 minutes, 55 minutes. And then it's like, 55 minutes and 10 seconds and he's done so not only does he make the swim cut he makes it by 15 minutes when last time he was probably like 20 to 25 minutes slower than this time with the dnf so he makes a swim cut rides an incredible bike split on a on a windy day um the run <sighs> You know, everybody learns a lot on the run. You learn a lot about yourself on the run. Um, I know the run was difficult for him, but he finished the race, crossed the finish line, got his medal, 70.3 finisher, and just one of the most, like, inspiring stories of an athlete, you know, taking um, taking a failure or um, a setback and not just, like, hiding from it but just fully embracing exactly what happened to him sharing it with everybody so that you know there's no he's not hiding anything he's not doing anything in in darkness he's literally just hey this is what happened to me this is the work I'm putting in hopefully it happened you know it, it goes differently next time and it freaking did and I'm just so incredibly happy for him um, and I know it was really really hard you know, 70.3 is not easy, but I know it was really, really hard and he's, you know, still recovering. And I just know that there's going to be more for him. So I'm really excited for him. But um, yeah, really similar to the extra swim sessions that kind of cued that in my brain. But um, and then the only other thing I have, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of a lot to update. So I'm sorry if I'm missing anything. <clears throat> uh, Brian Merslack is ripping uh, Maryland this weekend, uh, 140.6. And um, that one's a, a special one because that's the one that the one full that I've completed. Um, so he'll be taking on the, the jellyfish and uh, 140 <laughs> plus miles uh, out in Cambridge, Maryland, which is just an absolutely awesome city. Really, really flat. Everything's flat. The swim is not even hard. Of course, it's infested with jellies but i mean you just kind of have to get over that right away so but um swim's not hard the bike is super super flat um and the run is really flat and he's a very very strong um athlete and actually all, all three disciplines so really excited to track him this weekend as well i think that covers pretty much everything i had related to victory people but yeah big shout outs everyone you know it's just a crazy fun time time of the year so um yeah it's exciting but um, anything else you got with uh, any updates or life updates or whatever? Uh, nothing too crazy. I mean, work's been going good. Uh, business has been going good. Uh, a little bit too good, honestly, for the timing with all this stuff and training. But uh, nice. I have a buddy of mine that's been helping me, so I can't complain with that. Um, you know, obviously, Grace and my whole personal situation, everything's going good. good. So, yeah, man. Yeah, we're, uh, we're checking out for, what is that, like end of January? So. Is that what it is? Yeah, end of January. I think it's tentatively the 24th to the 27th. 
So somewhere in between there. Oh, wait. Did, did I say the gender yet? No, you didn't. Ah, I can say that now because uh, I got dude, the green wait. light. I don't think you've told me this either. So this nope. is the first time I'm hearing this. I'm going to let you take a guess. Uh, you are having a girl. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Team Welcome girl. To the, yeah. Hashtag girl dad, you know? <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Bro, I swear, man, I feel like every single person I talk to is just having a, a woman, like a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, dude, it's going to be so cool. I'm uh, definitely Congratulations. excited. Congratulations. Yeah, I got like a million little nieces over here anyways. So like, you know, I'm just going to add to that huge group of little yeah. little girls. So it's going to be cool. Yeah. Be cool. Dude, that and, is so uh, awesome. I think one of the first questions that uh, uh, that Grace asked me too is that, are you going to make her wrestle? And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> will she wrestle? Yes, she will. Heck yeah, bro. That Hey, dude, that little baby's going to be able to beat up her boyfriends, man. That's my goal. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. That is yeah. so It's funny that that's the first thought that went in my head, bro. It's like, first off, I'm like, okay, it's going to be sweet to be a girl dad, and this little girl is going to destroy my heart in a good way. And then the second thing that I thought of was like, what am I going to do with this little baby? <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Sweet. Dude, that's, that's incredible. Good for you. Congratulations. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's really the big, big life update, but, uh, Besides that, man, you know, just keeping everything rolling and uh, really yeah. can't wait for October. So, yeah, 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 I know it's, it's going to be really exciting. Um, yeah, you're working hard, dude. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see how this goes for you, too. So, but yeah, you were about to um, tell me, tell me what happened because we didn't talk about it, but you were about to ride the course and didn't, right? Uh, so it was just like logistics things with my, so I was going to have a buddy of mine come with me and just kind of do like the, the bike course and also yeah. do some of the swim, but because obviously I don't want to do the swim by myself just for, you know, safety yeah. reasons and stuff. Um, so I figured I wanted to go up to Sacramento, check out the bike course. And then prior to doing that, um, I tried researching online, but it's kind of hard to find like a real definitive answer for like what part of the bike course I can actually ride. And based off of some YouTube video that I found from last year, I do gave a full review of like prepping before the race. And he went over that doing the actual bike course itself was pretty difficult just based off of like the available space on the road. And then yeah. also like where it actually entails. Cause I'm not super familiar with Sacramento, um, which obviously, I mean, I'll just stop here, but it was a little bit disappointing because obviously I wanted to see it, but I know it's not, quite as uh in depth as like something that these guys have to deal with at the world championships you know with the steep climbs and the sharp turns and everything else like i literally sat on my bike on the trainer for almost four and a half hours and watched the entire video and dude it was literally just like a flat it felt like ohio it was yeah. just flat yeah. the whole time which is weird being in california because it's yeah. super hilly here yeah um but uh I will get the, I will get a couple more. I want to get at least two more open water swims in, swims in before actual race day, just to, you know, feel comfortable. And then what else? It's also wetsuit approved because the water's freezing. I didn't know this. It's going to be like 64 degrees, I think. Okay. So I think that makes it wetsuit legal because I think it's 76. <laughs> yep. Or lower. 76, okay. 76.1 is the, the technical cut. Yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, what else? Okay. You have a wetsuit? I think. 
Uh, not yet. No, I, I, I rented one from a, what was that a sports basement? But uh, I haven't bought one yet. I'm still like shopping around, just trying to yeah. figure out what to use. And dude, it's yeah, just no like rush. I, you definitely want to yeah. get in a couple times, absolutely, in open water because it's supposed to be, of course, really tight, and it just might feel suffocating if you're if you're just kind of getting used to it. You don't want it to be that. You never want to do anything for the first time on a race day, right? I've said that before, and I didn't. I don't always like follow that rule, but that's the rule. So I know. I remember. I remember from our last podcast. You uh, what you put on your suit backwards or something. The swim skin. Yep. Swim First skin. Time yeah, ever, yeah, that's what it was. Wasn't, it wasn't a wetsuit legal course. Put that puppy on backwards and uh, decided to hop out of line with five, like five minutes before the race started and figure <laughs> it out. So, yeah, really dumb. Just really stupid. But anyway, yeah, don't do anything right. for the first time on race day. I'm, uh, I'm also I'm also going to wait a little bit longer to get a wetsuit because uh, I am continuing to uh, shrink currently so really might be uh yeah it might be a little bit smaller (laughs) dude i was dude i was i started this hold on i'll just tell you this real quick i started this prep at 193 was my body weight take a guess at what i'm at right now uh hopefully not less than 183 uh i'm at like one oh no Oh no. 61. What the what? 162. Yeah, but okay, but here's the thing, dude. Like, you can even ask Grace this though, too. I mean, obviously, I know you won't, but like, bro, I was like force feeding myself and like lifting weights like probably five or six times a week and like taking extended rest periods and doing zero cardio because like this was post pull ups. So like, I didn't want to do anything. So I was like, I was, I was husky for me, you know? I'm 5'5, five, five, man. Like, 193 doesn't look good on my frame, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Golly. That's so I feel, a big I, weight. yeah. So I dropped like 30 pounds, I guess, or 32 yeah. pounds. But I've always, I've always been like that, though, bro. I don't know what that body type is. I don't know if that's like a endomorph or a mesomorph or like a combo of the two, but like, it's always been easy for me to lose and gain. I know what it is. It's called um, Ninja Turtle. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally what you are as a ninja turtle <laughs> i know i've been called that multiple times and i think that was uh my little brother and i's nicknames when we were growing up doing crossfit well was, i mean dude frankly if anybody you know can make sure that you're eating to to fuel the right way it's you so you know that that is a big number but i also know that 193 was definitely an inflated number also so um, in reality, it's probably, you know, you're not down 30, you're probably down like 20 or 15 to 20 than what you normally walk around at, but you're, you're intelligent. So I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to pretend that that is a very safe number and I trust you and (laughs) trust you with that. Oh, bro. I mean, dude, I do nutrition for people, man. It'd be a little bit, uh, it'd be a little bit weird if I couldn't do this for myself and I'm psychotic and like track everything and, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I count my macros, man. I'm not eating 1,500 calories a day, dude. I'm not a bikini right. competitor, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, quick plug yeah. for uh, uh, Nutrition with Ken. So you, if, you, uh, if you want uh, any help through uh, progressive strength, you'll drop your stuff later. But, um, yeah, Ken can help with that. So make sure you reach out to him. Um, uh, let's just say here's the marketing. If you want to lose thirty pounds, reach yeah, out. Yeah, uh, no, 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 I'm just kidding. Just kidding. yeah, I was about to say, and yeah, also, also, uh, also include about six to seven days of a uh, cardiovascular exercise, yeah, and yeah, also yeah. include no, no, like no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But in all reality, if anybody, yeah, yeah, you you know what you're doing. So, and you do it safe, you do it the right way. But um, for sure, some other things. So, you know, just because it's been so long, dude. Yeah, um, I was literally sick. Okay, so rewind. I guess even before the sickness, the last race on my calendar was um, an Olympic try. It was a local one um, out here at Moraine State Park um pittsburgh area that is like 15 minutes from my house and i actually train there almost like all the time throughout the summer so it's almost like a a competing in a race like on your treadmill or something like that's so familiar to you that it just feels weird almost so um, yeah it's really strange but so i train there all the time because it's super hilly and um that's where the race was and i was looking forward to it i was going to also I was going to also run a marathon actually in like a week and a half originally, but, um, because I crashed at happy Valley, I wasn't really able to train my run since like the the first week, like pretty much since all of July. So, all of July and August, I you know, I wasn't really able to train my run. I am able to train it now, but, I, you know, I was sick, so that also delayed it. But anyway, I'll get there. But anyways, I wasn't really able to train my run the way I wanted to pretty much the back end of the whole season. So I raced Penn State and Ohio without really having great run fitness is what it is. It's just where that's where I fell this, uh, you know, this season. So. It was, you know, that's what it was. So anyway, fast forward, I decided to not race this marathon um, in a week and a half from now, like mid-September. So I went into this Olympic knowing it was my last race of the year. No more run races, no more tries, nothing. Um, And just like falling right into an off season. So I went like really hard in the Olympic and um, I raced pretty well. I didn't technically like PR the course, but that almost means nothing out there because I've raced that Olympic there actually only one other time, but it doesn't even mean anything out there because the swim is always different. Like the way that the race director sets up that swim one year, it's like 1200 meters. And then like this year it was like 17 and it's supposed to be 15 it's just the way that the buoys are set up if they're drifting around. And also it's not an Ironman event. It's a small local event. So it's not perfectly set up. So you, your swim could literally be like 10 minutes faster or 10 minutes slower than like what it's supposed to be. Yeah. That swim for my Ironman better be 2.4 on the dot. Or, on the <laughs> or, or like 2.3, whatever below that. Sorry, I just need to better, put that in there. <laughs> you, better swim, you better swim in a straight line. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. Like I swam in a pretty straight line and I was like almost 1800. There were some people who swam, um, that, that Olympic distance, which is supposed to be 1500. Exactly. I swam nearly 18. It was like 1750. There were some people that were over 2000, which is your 70.3, your 70.3 distance. So if you're not swimming in a straight line, you're wasting time, you're wasting energy. So Yeah. Quick note for you, for everybody else, swim in a straight line. 
practice your sighting, make sure you're not adding like hundreds of meters onto your swim. But <clears throat> anyway, so I didn't technically PR the course for that reason, but um, I rode a strong bike. I, I think I PR'd my bike split and I actually ran a really good 10 K for like where my fitness was. Um, I ended up averaging like low eight, low eight minute per mile pace, which for me at that point in the season was like, Oh wow, this, I can't believe I'm, I'm here. I was hoping for like 740 something, but you know, I had no idea what I had. So it, it was, it was fine. I was happy with it. But anyways, long story short, I went super hard and literally that afternoon into the next morning, I just got like deathly ill. Literally. I got so sick and I'm thinking in my head, like, <clears throat> because if you go really hard in an endurance sport or an endurance event or a race, you know, there's this thing with your immune system where your immune function drops and it can, it can stay dropped for like 24 to 48 hours. And like, you're vulnerable to getting almost like a, it's, it's called the open window technically. So you're like vulnerable to like getting some sort of infection or a virus, you know, virus or whatever. So I'm thinking, oh, I just pushed really hard. My immune system's down. I'll be over this in a couple of days, two days, whatever. Never went away, dude. Never went away. So after a week, I'm like, did I ingest like some water? Was there, was this water quality like garbage or something? And we still raced in it. Like, I don't, I don't know. My head's just going everywhere. Go ahead. Dude, uh, locally here, there's actually a uh, top butter and like it was some obscure amount of number of people, dude, they were all getting like staff infections, like super sick from the water and stuff over there. Just had to plug that in. Also to, uh, I forgot, somebody reached out to me about this. I forgot who it was, but yeah, dude, you can get, dude, you can get, you can definitely get sick from open water, man. Like it's not something that you, if you do a race and you still feel like crap, like a couple days, weeks afterwards, like it doesn't hurt to go get checked out by like a gut yeah. specialist or like a gut yeah. biome person. I don't know what, I forgot what the actual like title is for that. Yeah. But like, dude, if you got insurance, go see somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what, what ended up happening with you then? So what did you actually catch? So I mentioned, I, like I went to the doctor almost like immediately because I just got so bad so fast. Um, <laughs> I also you just heard it. I still have a cough and it's been over three weeks. So I'm not, I'm technically not a hundred percent, but I, I do feel really, really good now. But, um, I had flu, the flu. Okay. And then I also got something else. I don't know how to pronounce that like trans, uh, some bacteria thing that my wife ended up telling me is known as 100 day cough. So I'm coughing now. It's been 20 plus days. And, and apparently there's this, my wife's a nurse. That's why I said that. Um, there's potential that I'm coughing for another, you know, three months, which two and a half. What? Three months. Yeah. I don't, I don't know for sure, but the cough isn't like, it doesn't hurt or anything, but it did hurt really bad. Like my throat was so raw. So I'm thinking, okay, I have strep or maybe I have, you know, covid i guess i don't know but so i'm going into the doctor they're swabbing me for everything every time i go in nothing no strep no covid dude i went into the doctor's office three times in like 10 days that's how bad i was i was like the first time i went in they were like just come back in two days if you're not any better 
I was like, you got to be kidding me. Give me something, please. They didn't give me anything. So I, I went back in two days. I was like, I'm not better. I'm worse. Give me an antibiotic. Went back again because the antibiotic wasn't doing enough for me. Gave me something better. My throat was so sore that I didn't want to like swallow my own spit, I, let alone think about eating. I didn't want to swallow my own spit. That's how bad my throat hurt. I was just constantly coughing. My throat was like raw, like bloody almost. It was gross. It hurt so bad. And like, finally I came out of, I came out of like that pain about a week ago. So I had that pain for like two weeks, came out of the pain a week ago. My throat's still not, not now, but my throat was still like really, really sore. So I didn't want to run because like at all, because I'm worried that like I have some respiratory thing and I didn't want to like put myself under anything super strenuous. So I'm cycling a little bit because I know that my breathing's not going to go wild with cycling. Sure as heck I'm not swimming because <laughs> I'm going to be hypoxic. So, you know, yeah, so, I was about to say you're you're yeah. about to be taking a nap in the water, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I literally just been cycling and like trying to lift sometimes from time to time. Um, but as of now, I pr like I'm like over ninety percent good, so I'm not afraid to like do anything now. But now I just have to like get back into a groove because I've been out of the groove for three weeks, literally three weeks. Unreal. I like I've never been. I've probably been that sick, but never for that long as an adult, and it was just like really, really strange. Really strange. I couldn't believe it. So. That's the one of the biggest updates with with me is that I haven't really been like posting anything. I sure as heck was not podcasting. I haven't been able to. So <laughs> now I'm like, I'm glad I'm able to. And like, of course, I'm back at school. So now, you know, I have to be back at school and have the energy and everything. Go ahead. When did you guys go back to school? Uh, this is week three. So my first week. I was still Were you sick. Yeah, I was miserable. Okay. okay. Miserably sick. No, sorry. I was just trying to like, you know, maybe like piece together because like, yeah. I mean, here in California, we just had all the kids like just start going back to school. And I was just like, maybe you got exposed to a bunch of people at school or like, yeah. I mean, I, I know that you obviously, yeah, you, you got a bunch of little ones too. <laughs> and like, obviously I know like your wife is a nurse, you said, right. So like, I don't know, man, you just got a lot of stuff floating around too. And like, I knew that when you texted me that you're still out for the count just because like, I know that I know what type of dude you are that you would still just kind of try and power through it. I'm like, yeah. yeah, this guy, this guy must be messed up. I'm like texting you like once a week or twice a week. And I'm just like, bro, it's been like yeah. 20 days. What yeah. happened to you? Well, dude, when I had, I had COVID at least once, like formally, I, I mean, I'm sure I probably had it a second time, but when I had COVID, like, I guess as bad as it was, I exercised through COVID like, cause it didn't prevent me from exercising yeah. this. I literally like did nothing for almost two and a half weeks. Nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even like walk up the stairs with my kids. That's I, I was so achy. It was so strange, like never been that sick in, in for forever. So, um, but anyway, I mean, I'm coming out of it, which is great. Um, I have exercised hard a couple times on the bike which went really, really well. So if you're someone who like follows along a little bit with some of our social stuff, um, uh, I 
I'm participating in a research study, which I wasn't dropped from uh, because I was still able to train enough and perform like some of the fitness tests. But the research study is really cool. And I want to explain it real quick because you'll appreciate this. And actually, someone reached out to me asking me to explain it a little bit. It was um, it was Rick, actually. And if you don't remember, Rick is the the one who gave me a little shout at uh, um, Ohio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've talked a, a, a couple of times just kind of back and forth and he's he was asking me about you know what what the whole me hook up to a met cart thing is on the bike and going hard for whatever but so anyway the just a brief background and it's cool because there's other victory athletes that are participating in this research study because they're local and they can come into the lab that i work in so it's pretty awesome but anyways the study is either well it's two separate um, dietary interventions both six weeks. One of the interventions is low carb, high fat. The other intervention is low fat, high carb. The low is defined as 50 grams of carb max per day. And then a a percentage of minimally 60, ideally 70% fat intake. So keto, you know, yeah. yeah you know, but for purposes of research, low carb. And then the other intervention is essentially just the exact opposite, exact opposite. Um, so I'm doing, I, you know, I completed one of the interventions and at the very end of the intervention, you, um, you perform a time to exhaustion protocol on a bike at a given submaximal intensity of your maximal intensity that you found at the start of the study. So basically just imagine doing something like an FTP or a VO2 max. It was actually some combination. You do an FTP or a ramp test or a VO2 max. And then you come back in at the end of the diet um, six weeks later and you do a time to exhaustion protocol. You literally at like 70, it's between 65 and 75% of that value. Um, go as long as you possibly can. Just hold that watt output. And then we're just like the researchers are monitoring the 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 VO2 in intensity, the interval between 65 and 75, so that it closely aligns with the watt output. And then if it's off a little bit, we'll tell people we'll tell cyclists to like cycle at a little bit higher watt output, five to ten watts higher or five to ten watts lower, just to make sure the VO2 is in, in that range of 65 to 75. And you just go until you can't go. So and that's it. You go until you can't go. There's a lot more detail to the study than like just that. But essentially, are you, do you become fat adapted to the point that you can delay the use of carbohydrate when exercise intensity starts to shift higher and higher? Um, I could talk to you more about it, but I'll just kind of leave it at that. That's a really easy way to explain it. Um, when your body, when, when you do something really high intensity, your body wants to use carbohydrates, right? I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but your body wants to use carbohydrates. So if you are on the high fat diet, your body's going to use fat more than somebody who's not on a high fat diet. So what's the delay in the shift from using fat to using carbs or what we would call in research, like the crossover point of starting by using fat. And then transitioning to carbohydrate 
uh, metabolism at some relative intensity. When's it happening? Is it happening later because the person is fat adapted? And in short, like that's the question that we're trying to answer essentially. So you get on a bike, you just go as long as you possibly can after being fat adapted for six weeks. Um, and then you do it again after a high carb diet, basically. So that's the basic gist of the study that I'm participating in and also helping to run. It's not my study. I'm not the primary investigator. So I am assisting in with data collection, which is why I have a handful of victory people coming in. Um, but because I'm not the PI, I'm also allowed to participate. And since it's, um, since we're using like triathletes that fall into a certain, you know, a scope of training and performance, since I include, it's really easy for me to participate. So I'm doing that too. Okay. That's awesome, Nick. I, uh, no, I'm super, I'm super curious to see how all that turns out too. And I mean, obviously in a sport like tri or sorry, a sport like triathlon or, you know, multi-sports like this, like it seems like there's kind of a shift when it comes from carbohydrates to more of like a sustainable energy source, like fat, because like all I'm seeing now is like, when it comes to like supplementation is like in, in endogenous ketones and like HVRM and like uh, ketone esters and like all these yeah. other things too. Um, I don't know you exactly the science behind that it. stuff. So like I've used, um, I've used endogenous or I've used ketone esters, which is different than taking in endogenous or like artificial ketones because you can ingest, I guess, just straight up ketones. And then I don't know exactly how that would work with like making the fat storage in your body more available for energy or how that stuff works. But like, I see pretty much every mainstream endurance athlete using them Dude. so <laughs> ketone esters this is so wild um it's they basically look like a five hour energy like that's like the size yeah. yeah yeah you take three of those a day with every meal and you you essentially stay in ketosis or you stay fat adapted regardless of what you're eating that's how so potent, like that's how potent they are so that's what I'm trying to figure out then. Then like if you were to exercise, right? And say you're to exercise at a higher intensity where you're going to switch from fat to carbohydrates, right? With your RER. And then let's say you took those androgenous ketones or ketone esters. Could you use, like how would that work? Like with your energy substrate then? So you just use fat longer Okay. Like essentially as the intensity gets higher, it got cut off there. But anyways, um, so what would that, what would the ester do like in training, I think is where we were or in like performance, whatever, basically it just <clears throat> delays the shift to carbohydrate metabolism, which means you can sustain what would typically be a more intense watt output or intense exercise performance while utilizing fat. So maybe you could go to a higher intensity or maybe okay. you could just delay the use of carbs so that you have more fuel for the higher intensity. So it's like, and, and honestly, it's not even that way for everybody. It just depends on the individual. That's the, that's the idea of it though, is that you become more fat adapted and your body gets more efficient. So then you can actually, <laughs> You'll have to tell me what that is, but let me finish this thought. So you can actually yeah. like work at that given workload without 
using the fuel that's required for really hard workloads so that when it does shift over, you're either at a higher workload or you've already worked for a longer duration or you're just more efficient sub-maximally. But that's the idea. It doesn't work for everybody, but that's the whole, I mean, that's probably not the whole point of the keto diet. I think keto can be really helpful for really overweight people too, just in terms of losing weight, whether or not that's sustainable. But um, of course, acutely that can happen for various reasons. But anyways, I'm not saying I'm completely pro either of those, but I have experience with it to the, to a degree now um, having done it for six weeks in this present study. And then I did it for five weeks previously as well. So I have over 10 weeks close to, close to three months of experience on, on a pretty strict keto diet. So, you know, I don't know if that that's not worth uh, anything in gold, I guess, but it's, it's something, but what's your keto cuts thing? What's that? Uh, I mean, this is also, it's got a, what is this? It says that this has two grams of uh, ketone esters in this. So, mm. and uh, I did use it for uh, my long run on, what was that Saturday or Sunday? Okay. I did. I think I noticed a difference with how I felt. Um, I mean, obviously I know the whole point of consuming, you know, ketone esters is basically just the thought that you don't have to constantly refuel like you would with carbohydrates because right. I mean, you can only, what you can only store between like four to 600 grams of carbohydrates based off of your body size and muscle and whatever. So like, you're only looking at like, what, like 2000 to 2400 calories worth of like stored energy. Um, so I understood, I understand the ketone esters portion, but I'm just like, if you have this readily available amount of ketones in your body, and then you have all of us have an endless amount of stored fat energy because, you know, none of us are walking around at 4% body fat. I'm just like in my head, I'm like, I want to know what like the total time is that this is effective because like I did feel great at the beginning, but then I started to kind of coast down a little bit as well. Um, so I guess it's just like, how often do you need to take it during like a longer endurance race? Can you just rely on it instead of just consuming carbohydrates? Yeah. How does that affect your hydration? Because that'd be another thing that I'd be thinking about because obviously carbohydrates are one of the most important things when it comes to retaining water outside of just salt and potassium, magnesium, and chloride. So like, I think what I would do personally is still include everything else that you're doing and maybe just throw this on top to see if it adds any additional benefit for you. Yeah. So that's what I would tell people. Yeah. I mean, I know people definitely use it like intro workout, which I have little to no comment on. Honestly, I have no clue what it could do intra or, or like I have, I do not know any literature on it. I, I don't have any experience with it. The only experience I really have is like the actual diet itself, the day in and day out. And then anecdotally speaking, just like you said, kind of like the ability to fuel less frequently, or you could extrapolate that out to like skip a meal if you need to and not be like outside your mind hungry, you know? So <clears throat> like if there's an, if there's a, if there was a scenario where somebody was eating fast food or whatever, and I'm on, I was on this diet for the study. I, I can't eat that. So I would literally just skip it or have some like a tiny little snack or whatever and not be crazy hungry. So that anecdotally for sure, that was a big one. Um, that is probably a plus for a lot of people. I mean, imagine like 
traveling in an airport and you don't, nobody wants to eat that food. Like if you have to skip it for the day, you'd probably be all right. If you're somewhat fat adapted, you know, to a degree, not again, not the same for everybody, but, um, I don't, that was another thing that I experienced is for long stuff. I didn't have to fuel really at all upwards of like 90 minutes or so. And then if I had to skip something or just have a smaller portion, it wasn't an issue. Of course, okay. then you run into the issue of uh, the intensity being high enough and the duration being long enough of a session, which happens sometimes while you're on the, while you're on the diet that um, you hit a wall and almost like fall completely off the cliff in terms that's of, that's what post- I was, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Because like, I, I feel like for me <clears throat> on that run, because I didn't carb load or not carb load. I mean, it wasn't that long. I think it was, I don't know how long it was that day, but um, I did like, I can tell when my blood sugar is kind of dropping, you know, it's a little bit more steady with carbohydrates, but then like, dude, this was just like, I was up feeling good. And then it was just like, bam. Yep. yep. It just kind of felt like a little cliffhanger almost. Um, yep. I would definitely say the wall that you hit when you're fat adapted, if you're not fueling like you would with like carb supplements, the wall it hurts way more. Yeah. Way more. And I'm not and yeah, I'm not educated enough on like how I mean the digestibility of like consuming fat like intra workout and like how that would work with like your digestion and like yeah. all yeah. of these other things, you know, because like you're not gonna be consuming freaking peanut butter or like some type of oil or like something in the middle of like a bike ride, right? Like right. not like a goo or a gel. So sorry, I'm not trying to go on this little tangent here. I'm just thinking yeah. like you know, inter-race like nutrition, like how much harder that would be, um, you know, consuming these things because like I've read before that like one of the most annoying parts is like how this stuff is packaged, how it's not like super convenient to even take, I guess, like, yeah, it's like on one bottle. of your rides. Yeah, it's like a yeah. hard bottle. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I would say if people want to try it, then definitely try it. But it just seems like it's all the rage in uh, it's like longer endurance sport. So yeah. I just figured yeah. I would bring that up and I just thought it was funny that I also purchased this. I don't know how good of a brand this is, if I'm being honest with you. Because I'm pretty sure it all Max. It's called uh, Keto Cuts. Nice. Yeah, and it's got seems, seems legit. Yeah, I mean, you know what could what could go wrong, you know? <laughs> um, just but, dry uh, scoop. Just dry scoop it, man. Just hey, bro, it's a uh, it's freaking <laughs> it's watermelon. It's watermelon flavored, so you know probably can't taste that bad. Dry scooping it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's funny. But uh, I guess uh, I guess all I'm trying to say is with all this stuff is that I'm just trying to build a plan for myself because I know that I've done this with a couple other people, obviously at Victory, and you know some people with you. I'm just trying to build a plan for myself that's sustainable and uh, just realistic for the bike and the run. So absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'll be the first to say for myself, I'm definitely not an expert on uh, a low carb or ketogenic diet. And if anybody of the two of us is, it would be Ken. So reach out to Ken with those <laughs> questions. Uh, you know, I pretty much just shared the extent of my knowledge. So I know Ken. I- uh, I just need to say this eating keto will not make you skinny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, th- you know, there's, there's different levels to this stuff and um, yeah. I don't, I don't know personally, but I, I, it seems like the ketogenic diet can work for really heavy people to lose weight quickly. I don't know about how that works long-term for that person. It's just, 
again, that's probably just more anecdotal than anything. I've, I just know some people who have had short-term success with it. That's all. Um, when I, I think, but I, th- I think the big issue, and I mean, I won't go on too long of a rant here. I think the big issue that I've seen with a lot of people is that anytime that you completely remove like any one macronutrient, like these, obviously there's a lot of people that also follow very low fat diets, like, especially like bodybuilders. Um, right, I've right. known of some strength athletes and stuff. Anytime that you remove any type of one main macronutrient, you suffer in some way. If you consume a low fat diet, it can impact your hormones, your satiate, your satiating scale, like feeling full, um, amongst a bunch of other things. Uh, I mean, if you remove carbohydrates then obviously you can have dips and bounds in energy. I mean, obviously people on a, or sorry, obviously people that consume like a keto diet, you know, it's very limiting with your choices and there's hidden carbs and everything. And, um, yeah, it just seems like it's a diet that you'd have to be extremely disciplined on and not live a very social lifestyle because I don't think you're really going to be able to go to a social event and not consume some type of carbohydrate or you could, and you would just have to be extremely disciplined when you go to those things. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was very hard to stay on the diet like strictly and do any, and really do anything. And Dude, I, I mean, who, honestly, who can get through that with football season, man? <laughs> right yeah no but seriously Chips, though i mean like i hope i hope yeah beverages. i hope people know that yeah i was about to say i hope people know that there's carbs and beer <laughs> yeah right right yeah. yeah but anyway so that's a long way of describing what uh <laughs> study is that i've been uh dabbling in in the, the the few social media posts that i've posted since i've been like deathly ill but anyways if you want to know more about that i'd say absolutely reach out why not and if, if i can't help then then ken absolutely can so um that's all i i really have i think do you have anything else ken yeah that's pretty much it i mean i'm just happy yeah. you're feeling better you know yeah, i'm thanks, hoping dude. that thanks. you know we can kind of make this more of like a little regular thing I, know, and, I, know. Uh, I just i just can't wait for october dude yeah can't wait to party yeah, so for real yeah i hope we can make it more regular too so um if you made it this far, this was a little bit of a long one, but if you made it this far, thanks. Um, this was episode 79 of the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Um, don't forget to check us out on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and brand new X. We're on the X. So check it out. Um, all that stuff's just at Hill Pursuit. You can you can find all that pretty easily. Um, again, if you have any questions about any of this stuff, we, we did kind of go down a rabbit hole of, the ketogenic diet or low carb stuff and some nutrition stuff, just reach out hillpursuit at gmail.com. No problem at all. Happy to help. Happy to have a conversation. Ken, why don't you drop your stuff real quick? Your uh, maybe an email and your social stuff so people can reach out about that stuff. Uh, email would be progressive strength project 12 at gmail.com and progressive strength project on all socials, Facebook and uh, Instagram. I am not on X. I have not used that. Uh, twitter since like sophomore year of high school but i'm yeah. sure it's still a great platform <laughs> yeah well i've never used it at all so i figured eh, we'll, we'll give it a shot so um yeah i guess check that out if you want it's nothing nothing crazy on there but um follow along if if, if you want to but anyways yeah thanks for listening this long <clears throat> this was episode 79 of the Hill podcast and we'll see you next time